Welcome to the Investment Turnaround. In this podcast series, Dr. Mariana Bosazan interviews world-renowned investors, scientists, and other personalities who share their solutions toward the sustainable transformation of our financial systems. Our guest today is Dr. Fritem Boschat, book author and co-founder of Oxford-based Mindful Finance Institute, which aims to bring awareness into financial decision-making. He's a successful banker with a long career that encompasses various leading positions, including the chairman role of the International Bank Holding CEE in Vienna, a banking group with more than 5,000 employees. He's furthermore an honorary professor and a certified teacher and practitioner in mindfulness meditation, who has made his mission in life to connect finance and mindfulness for the sake of humanity and the planet. Friedhelm, it is a great pleasure to have you on the podcast and welcome. Thank you very much. Pleasure for me as well to talk to you. The first question that I always ask people, how have you become such a force for good in the world? What happened in your life that put you on this path? This is not a normal path for a banker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was, I was never, uh, let's say, a, a banker, a narrow-minded banker, okay? because uh, all the time, uh, apart from the mindfulness, uh, I, uh, I did uh, development work beside my banking job. I worked in Vietnam uh, uh, to establish cooperative banking system there and so on. So I never was uh, only a career banker, so I had uh, right and left side, I had a lot of things uh, to do. And yeah, and one of these things were uh, mindfulness in a very early stage in in my career in the 90s of last century i uh, had a very uh, uh, stressful time when writing my dissertation and having uh, uh, made my career and there i discovered that uh, first of all mindfulness and meditation helped me to survive this uh, time and uh, furthermore i discovered there's much more potential in um, that uh, uh, it, so it, it could uh, make much more uh, benefits for corporate life, for people working in corporates, than just uh, to re- make people relaxed. So and this was a starting point uh, for my mindfulness uh, um, life, uh, and it really changed my life. But what triggered you to to look at meditation and and one question and the other is i heard you say mindfulness and meditation do you make a difference and what if yes what what is that uh-huh. yeah I, I would say in in the first uh, run uh, mindful mindfulness uh, is more or less an attitude and it's a, it's a, it's part of your life it's part of your mindset uh, and meditation is much more uh, something you do uh, to keep, uh, to be mindful, to keep your mindful uh, orientation, to keep your mindful attitude upright all the day. Uh, and so it's much more, uh, meditation is much more a tool. Mindfulness is an attitude, I would say. Uh, and yeah, to answer your question, why, uh, why it was uh, uh, becoming so important for me is, Simply, I, uh, I always in my, in, uh, in my life put people first. And so I did even when I was CEO uh, of, a, uh, of a bank, of the banking network, uh, uh, I put people first. And this is one of the essential things 
uh, I do. And if you uh, have people first, then, uh, of course, uh, you have to think what is good, what is beneficial for people and uh, how to improve their working life, their lives. No? And uh, mindfulness is a great way to do so. Yes, of course it is. Uh, but my question referred to your personal journey toward how did you come across mindfulness? Did you read a book? Did you talk to somebody? Have you had a particular experience? Did you? Why? Why meditation? Uh, what happened in your life? What, what happened? Yeah, was that was a the... cognitive decision? Was it pain? Was it pleasure? Was it what was it? No, it was a painful. It was a painful period. Uh, I just referred to uh, from a professional in my profession, early professional career, when I had when I became a team head of a team, when I became head of a department, and beside that, writing a dissertation. And so my life was uh, only work and nothing else. And uh, uh, at that time, I uh, started. To get, uh, uh, yeah, not only stress, and I did not have a burnout at that time, but I uh, was on the path to go there. And uh, I thought, oh, only uh, uh, something. Uh, I need, I need silence. I need quiet places to reflect, to come down, to calm down. And I discovered uh, a Buddhist monastery in Berlin, in the north of Berlin. Uh, I cannot say today why it was that. Uh, I was guessing really about, I, but I nobody told me about. I just found it. I don't know why, but or it found me. Okay. <laughs> around like that, and I went there, and there are at that time there were uh, Buddhist monks uh, there from Sri Lanka, uh, living there since a uh, hundred years already. Uh, a group of monks with a beautiful temple, with a nice meditation room. And here I found what I looked for, silence, calming down. And I learned meditating at that time. And I survived this period, this painful period with that. No. Okay, I see. So how old were you? Pardon? How old were you when that happened? At that time, I was in the middle of the 30s, mm -hmm. uh, 25. No? So quite early. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, like me, your focus um, is the transformation of finance. So you started with your personal journey here, and then you kind of brought it into the financial world. Did it happen right away, or have you had spent a time as a closet mystic for a while? Because it, it was—it's not at the time. It wasn't normal. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but you're probably similar to me, I, I just turned 60. Uh, yep. But at the time, uh, it wasn't normal <laughs> to do meditation <laughs> at work. Yeah, no, you are very right at that time. Uh, uh, we, we just spoke about a, a, a period of 1995 to 98, where I learned that. And at that time, uh, really, it was not even common for, for, for other people, uh, nor in banking. So, but I kept it as my personal practice. I deepened that. Uh, I practiced every day and uh, had some retreats. And uh, it was only until 2008, uh, when a lot of things changed in banking. Uh, not immediately, but in, in mindset. Uh, and in 2008, 2009, uh, I invited my staff my heads of my divisions and my departments and the holding, I invited them to uh, meditate with me. 
and I had a sendo. Uh, at that time, I was uh, practicing Zen meditation. I established a sendo uh, in my bank. That means a room with 14 uh, cushions and uh, mattresses. And uh, uh, I invited them uh, uh, in the very beginning, at least every Tuesday morning at eight o'clock uh, to, med to meditate with me. Uh, we had a meditation teacher with us, my teacher, a lady from Vienna. Uh, and uh, yeah, all they took this offer. And even after three years, 90% uh, uh, were with me still. So it started at that time a little bit uh, um, pouring into the bank, but at that time, uh, you can imagine, uh, I heard a lot of, uh, um, let's say, uh, silly comments uh, from many, many, many other people around in, in the banking group and in the banking scene, <laughs> what I'm doing there. Of course you did. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I've been a closet mystic for, I don't know, three decades, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So now that led to your leaving the banking world, the financial world and becoming a force for good, a force of transformation in the world, not just on the side or as a manager, but full as a full kind of full employment. Can you yeah. take our audience through the top tenets of your mindful finance and mindful leadership culture and the various organizations that you started to implement your new vision of the world in the in the financial world? Yeah, uh -huh, yeah. Uh, if, if, because I think first I have to say that uh, uh, I was, uh, as I indicated in the beginning, uh, I was not uh, in, a, in a kind of, I was not working in the investment banking uh, sector. Okay? I was always working in the cooperative financial sector, which is, which is different from others, okay? because there people uh, matter more than other things. I would say not only, but more than in other banks. Okay? And that's why I was there. That's why I did the development uh, work, uh, of course, with cooperatives worldwide uh, uh, to help them to grow and to establish. So this was on my focus from the very beginning. Uh, when I started my professional career, I always uh, had this development perspective and to give something to the world and to make the world better uh, by uh, um, yeah, uh, improving um, yeah, human uh, uh, relationships and conditions. Yeah, and when I when I uh, when my banking network uh, was sold uh, to another banking network, I left. Uh, uh, let's say five years ago it was, and I decided, and I knew immediately what I uh, would do now, uh, uh, just to go through uh, the mindfulness uh, and uh, try to bring it to corporates. And the, one of the first thing I was I established. Uh, uh, an institute I called at that time the um, the um, uh, Leadership Meditation Institute, uh, and we had uh, some uh, public 
events. Uh, we had uh, we had courses. I had lectures uh, there. And at that time, even five years ago, uh, there was not a widespread acceptance of that. Uh, people were very very uh, uh, strangely looking at uh, these. But nevertheless, uh, um, by the time I found more people uh, to come with me, and uh, a bit later, I joined Kalapa Leadership Academy, which uh, were approaching corporates, which were approaching enterprises and organizations with the mindfulness with mindfulness at workplace and mindful leadership approach as well. So I had people with me and uh, I was with people and it started to get a more and more movement. And so, yeah, we uh, uh, did not we did not go to the corporates uh, to make people relaxed. I, I think this would be a valid <laughs> objective and target as well. But we went there uh, uh, to uh, make them uh, better living in their work. Because uh, sometimes, uh, or not sometimes, but we felt a lot of people are suffering. And this was one of the main observations in the finance industry, uh, because I've got a lot of uh, contacts still there. And I, I've seen that after 2008, 2010, more and more people were disappointed, suffering, without perspectives. So the, the atmosphere in, in, in most banks was quite negative. Uh, and uh, that's why we, in a second step, decided: oh, we have to, we should approach finance uh, separately, uh, uh, and uh, uh, not only from uh, from the stressful side, but looking at the conditions uh, how they work, and uh, they are dealing with risks the, uh, uh, in banks. Uh, any investment decision, you know that better than me, yeah? uh, which is done uh, uh, is a risk decision. So it's about risks, is about decision making, and uh, we have we felt and we have seen that mindfulness can contribute a lot to decision making and to um, uh, uh, to dealing with risks and uncertainties, and that's why we established this very special approach, the mindful finance approach. Yeah. Right. So can you take us through the various tenets thereof and explain to us what it is? And huh? Yeah. Uh, the first, it, it is, uh, again, an observation uh, that uh, if you deal with money, uh, uh, whether it is an uh, investment you are doing as an investment manager or whether uh, you deal with money as a private person spending uh, 50 euro uh, uh, to uh, to an organization or uh, earning 50 euro or uh, receiving 50 euro always there are emotions with uh, associated with that yeah so um, money and dealing with money is a very very emotional thing because we learn from the very beginning from the childhood we learn uh, that money uh, matters <laughs> in one or the other way yeah and uh, uh, as adults or even as youths we are not aware what we are carrying with us when uh, when having money in our hand when we are obliged to pay money when we get money when we deal with money. Uh, there are so many things we bring with us from from our 
childhood even, uh, so many personality uh, uh, um, issues that uh, uh, we thought it's worth uh, to come via money to learn about us. It sounds a bit strange maybe uh, in the very beginning, but uh, if you have a close, a mindful look on yourself and look behind uh, what is what is driving you, what is uh, what is moving you, uh, uh, then you see that a lot of things are related to your very special relationship with money, and that was another justification or another reason, another reason for us to uh, um, uh, have this fine mindful finance uh, approach established. So it is. At, at least there are two approaches. On the one side, our our relationship with money. On the other side, um, the finance, the finance institution, the finance sector, which is a which is a really uh, uh, in a in a in a huge transformation. Uh, a lot of people uh, do not know that uh, already <laughs> or did not notice that. No, but uh, um, there is a huge uh, transformation going on, uh, and at least society is uh, putting much more pressure that these financial systems to behave, to work in another way than uh, we uh, worked in the past, in the past 30 or uh, 20 years, uh, so uh, that the finance should come back to the center uh, of uh, um, yeah, development of, in the center of a good development again, and not uh, um, uh, destroying our planet, but contributing to development of society and planet. And I think this is another reason why we have to change the culture and why we have to change the mindset in all uh, the banks. And um, yeah, this is Again, mindful finance. So uh, how do you go about changing that um, mindset and how, from your perspective, how open, percentage-wise, how open is this world to this mindful way <laughs> of approaching the thing? I mean, from your percentage, is it 5% uh, openness? I, I know that it's different, so we're uh, not a paradise uh, birds <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Uh, so it's much more uh, accepted in society. But from your perspective, in terms of the movement that you see occurring within the financial world, mm -hmm. what is the percentage? What is the openness? And how, how much time are people and money are people willing to invest in this mm -hmm. change of leadership culture? Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, percentage is still uh, low. Uh, of course, uh, uh, we cannot talk about a mainstream or something like that. Uh, um, uh, uh, we just see that there is interest. Uh, uh, interest is, in is growing. It's not indeed, it's not uh, behavior which has changed or it's not uh, action which has been taken in terms of mindfulness, but interest at least. People do not uh, uh, tell you, as it was three to five years ago, do not tell you immediately, uh, oh, this is esoteric thing and don't, uh, I'm not interested, this is soft and this is uh, a soft skill and uh, we do not have time for that. Meanwhile, they recognize uh, because uh, Again, the people are suffering there. Uh, and uh, uh, not even the leadership uh, uh, in banks can ignore 
this fact any longer. Yeah? Because if people suffer, they are not motivated and they are not productive. And so even it is business relevant. And so leaders recognize more and more that old recipes do not work. Yeah? Old recipes mean uh, uh, give them uh, some uh, uh, few courses uh, for relaxation and uh, something like that and uh, give them uh, <laughs> money. Motivation means bonus. Uh, this does not work any longer, uh, at least with the younger generation. So they want more. Uh, and um, what is it that they want? What do they want, Ashley? The younger generation, yeah. you mean? Very specially. Uh, first of all, uh, they uh, look and they demand for meaning. Mm -hmm. yeah? When they step in, uh, uh, they are, uh, um, of course, uh, they they ask about uh, the salary and so. So this is uh, still a subject, but it's not in the forefront. They ask. What are you? Why are? What are you doing there? Why are do, uh, you doing that? Why is this company? What is this company standing for? Uh, what is it contributing for? I, I discussed that with my students, uh, and uh, I, I uh, and they do not discuss with me about uh, wages and bonuses. Uh, they they ask uh, how can a company contribute or an organization contribute to something meaningful means to keep our planet alive means to develop society for the good they ask for for things like that they are not social workers of course uh, uh, in any case <laughs> uh, they want to be managers but they want them they want a meaningful work and this is in the foreground for them and this makes me very hopeful uh, that uh, uh, there is increase that uh, yeah there is increasing change going on uh, with the young generation, at least. Mm -hmm. So that that's extremely empowering and I'm extremely happy to hear that. Now, in terms of the mainstream representatives out there and uh, which is our audience, which is which consists most of mostly of investors and entrepreneurs, what yeah. is your recommendation on how they can transform their own attitude toward money and more toward meaning? Is there like a certain practice that they can introduce in their lives, certain questions that they mm. can ask themselves? How mm. does this transformation really occur on a day-to-day -day basis? And how long mm. does it take to really shift that mm. attitude? One of the most important things uh, uh, which I uh, uh, was observing, uh, which which was indeed the basis for my for my book, when I observed uh, how uh, is normal behavior in management and leadership, let's say uh, before the crisis, yeah? and I have seen one thing uh, that uh, they uh, that leaders, uh, w whether in finance or not, uh, do not have any time to rethink and they do not have uh, any time to reflect on themselves. Uh, uh, um, I do not count holidays as a time for reflection because usually they were busy as well in, in, in holidays. Uh, but in their normal time, they were not able and they do not take time and they do not have any time to reflect on themselves, to get insight, to get in touch with themselves, uh, uh, with their with the, even with their thoughts and emotions, they were not in touch. No? And so uh, the first thing 
the, one of the first steps uh, to uh, go uh, yeah, for a change, to go for a better, is uh, uh, to get in touch with yourself, to be able to reflect. And this is where mindfulness practice can help you to go. Uh, so it's not the mindfulness practice which is the the ultimate goal. It's, it's just a means that helps you to uh, get you better known, uh, you get better along with yourself. You started maybe even liking yourself. This is something uh, uh, leaders and uh, uh, managers, especially in the finance, uh, 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 never talked about. Okay? But it's about how can you how can you like and love other people when you don't love and like yourself. No? So, first of all, they uh, have to like themselves and love themselves. They have to establish... So, let, me, let me stop you right there. So, yeah. obviously, if you've entertained certain habits that prevented you from loving and liking yourself thus far, how can you begin to do this now? What, what, what do you, how do you lead people to, to go there? Because you and I know how difficult that is. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's right. Uh, and uh, uh, unfortunate is it, unfortunately is in most cases is uh, a kind is a pressure or crisis that makes people uh, open to uh, to uh, other approaches. Uh, means crisis either a personal uh, one uh, when there is uh, something like a burnout or uh, uh, things, uh, or uh, there is a crisis in their institution, in their bank, in their organization, uh, which makes them th think more fundamentally. Uh, uh, but it's uh, unfortunately it's not out of uh, uh, let's say a voluntary insight. Uh, uh, that something has to change. It's in most cases, it's related to pressure and pain and crisis. So, then, so basically, in order to get people to to transform <laughs> themselves, you just sit yeah. on the sideline and watch them and increase the pressure so that they <laughs> uh, so that they kind of uh, see the need to to do something about it. That's, <laughs> uh, that's not my approach. <laughs> no, 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 that, that would be, that would not be mine uh, indeed uh, as well. Uh, it's, I just observe when people come voluntary, uh, voluntary to uh, this approach. Uh, today's approach, uh, if you, if you go uh, from, uh, from head to heart, uh, um, you first have to convince them and to make them uh, think in a, in a cognitive way, think about what, what they are doing and that they have to change something. And uh, there we, uh, at present, uh, uh, we have a very, uh, a growing debate uh, uh, in banking about responsible banking. Uh, you know, this is not only restricted to the regulator. Uh, this is an ongoing debate uh, uh, connected, of course, to the image of the banks uh, uh, from society, yeah, which asks, "Hey, uh, guys, uh, 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 how can you uh, how can you show us that you contribute to uh, to society? How is respons What is responsible banking? Sustainable banking?" And of course, in the first step, you can, yeah, let's change. Uh, let's say change uh, portfolio compos composition uh, in, by ordering and saying, okay, let's now uh, invest uh, instead of 10%, let's invest 20% into the green or sustainable finance or the impact finance even. Yeah? But this is not a change of mindset. This is a rational consideration. 
uh, change in mindset uh, uh, um, uh, comes when uh, people see, oh, this is uh, uh, the impact we, we do have. Uh, uh, first of all, uh, there is an impact. And second, we can have a positive impact. And then they start uh, thinking, rethinking about their role and about what they do and how they do it. Uh, and this is apart from pressure. This is just insight. But so they need time. If I were to summarize what you just said or what I heard you said was there are two yeah. things. One is wait for them to get into burnout and which would create no. a, some sort of an interior pressure, internal individual pressure. And the other is an external crisis where mm -hmm. they have to come up with solutions just because the society, the regulations, the expectations come from, from other people who say, well, you, you cannot go on like this. You've got to change something. So these are mm -hmm. the two yeah. things that I heard. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, uh, the second thing is correct. Uh, the first thing is not correct that I wait for them to go to the burnout. There are, uh, uh, as I said, there are so uh, so many people uh, at the moment suffering, whether it's a burnout or not. Uh, is not I think it's not the question that uh, there is uh, urgent uh, need and urgency to do something. I do. We we, we do not have to wait uh, that uh, conditions are getting worse. It is worse already. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the question is uh, then, I guess, that I'm trying to ask is, so who is then paying you for this kind of training and transformation? Is the the bank paying you for their leadership team or are the, the individuals paying you because they have understood that is something that they have to take into their own hands and they are willing to pay the price? Because yeah. that would uh, In, make the difference. That would tell me <laughs> what they're willing to do. Increasingly, it's uh, it's the bank, it's the institution uh, that pays uh, for these things uh, because, uh, uh, again, two or three or four years ago, uh, nobody would have outed himself to make a yoga course, to make a meditation course, to make an MBSR course. Uh, uh, nobody would have uh, uh, done that voluntarily to tell uh, his boss or his colleagues, hey, hey, hey I'm going to the yoga. No? Uh, yeah. Nowadays, I think it's much more easier. And at that time, they, they did it. I, I knew lots of people uh, uh, who never talked to colleagues, who never talked to their boss, uh, anything about what they do uh, in what we call mindful activities. Yeah? So the closet they, mystics. Yeah, closet and they being, were, you know, hidden in the closet, don't talk openly about their practice. Talk about that, and they, they were paying by themselves for mm -hmm. all these things. And nowadays, increasingly, uh, the climate is a bit more open now and uh, the banks see that they have to do something. It's increasingly the banks who pay for that. Okay. Uh, or the, let's say the institutions are paying for that. Yeah. So then they come to your class. Take, take, uh, take us through the steps. What, what, how long do they sit there? How, what, are the, the, what is the process? What are the steps that they go through? Can you give us some insight into the actual training? Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, um, when I, when we do a training course uh, for a large institution, uh, yeah, let's say uh, even for the, for the, for the smaller ones, it's the same. Uh, uh, you have to take into account uh, that it's not only just a workshop you can do uh, with one or two days and that everything changes. Uh, our uh, training programs uh, has have normally uh, 10 module, modules and going uh, uh, more than three months. 
uh, where every week or every two weeks a trainers coming to the to the group and doing uh, a different kind of mindfulness training uh, um, in the very beginning very uh, uh, closely related to your personal uh, issues like focusing concentration like uh, dealing with stress with um, multitasking, for example, how to go, uh, how to avoid that. Uh, and we do, and we offer and we practice different mindfulness practices uh, uh, and activities with them every week. Do the training, and the ne uh, next week uh, uh, the trainer comes again, and they have another. They look on communication, for example, and they do some communication training, and uh, in mindfulness, of course. Uh, and uh, so slowly, uh, the training goes from the me means from the I to the we. Now, how do we behave in the team? How can we uh, improve team collaboration? And it takes three months to uh, to uh, do the training and of course uh, we are measuring that yeah? we do uh, we have a network attention test in the very beginning means we are uh, analyzing uh, the degree and uh, uh, the level of concentration each participant has it's a voluntary of course uh, measure uh, um, voluntary research uh, and we are we are measuring that at the end and so we can very clearly uh, see after three months, uh, let's say uh, from my experience at least, uh, it's 75% of the people are staying with a daily routine in mindfulness and nearly all report about uh, a change in something. For example, uh, that they are uh, uh, less stressed uh, because they know now they, there are tools uh, where they can uh, cope with uh, uh, difficult situations. Uh, they uh, report that they can better listen, that they can better communicate with each other. They are better focused in their decision-making because they are better able to see their biases, for example, and all these things. But this takes time. And of course, three months is, uh, 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 I would say, it's a, it's a minimum time to start with a mindset and behavioral change. No? Uh, quite often we come uh, again uh, uh, after quarter of a year, half a year and have a follow-up training just to motivate them. Uh, we have peer groups where they, uh, where they motivate each others and ask them, uh, do you do a regular mindfulness uh, training? How do you apply mindfulness in your daily work? And we give a lot of assistance to them how this could be integrated into daily life. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some concrete examples of the teachers or kind of practices that you're teaching? You, you mentioned Kabat-Zinn's work. Do you have others? Or, and I, I know you've also done uh, Otto Schama's model. Mm -hmm, yeah. Can you give us some insights on the names of the people and the scientific background that they have so that people get a better insight as, as to what those 10 weeks training mm -hmm. practices contain. Yeah. I think uh, the, the basic for the for even our workplace and leadership oriented uh, uh, training is, uh, of course, 
MBSR from uh, John Kabat-Zinn, uh, because uh, if you know that uh, MBSR approach, you know that it has eight or ten modules as well. And so I think the structure and uh, uh, even the techniques are, um, I would say, not more or less the same, but uh, close to each other. Uh, what is different is that we take a, a very rigorous uh, workplace approach. That means we ask, what problem do you what do you have to solve at your at your workplace? Is it a problem related to stress? Is it a problem to uh, to uh, be able to listen, to uh, uh, come through your uh, to to uh, collaborate with your staff, or what is it? And we come from that approach and uh, apply these mindfulness techniques, which indeed uh, uh, Kabat-Zinn invented 30 years ago uh, already uh, to these very specific problems. So the, he's really, uh, I think he is really the very basic, uh, um, yeah, father of these uh, uh, programs we do today. No. Uh, Otto Schama is something uh, a bit different. Uh, I think when we come, uh, let's say, if, if there is the, uh, the approach going uh, that we have to change the culture of, a, of an institution, of an organization, uh, then uh, uh, we have to apply uh, much more than simply uh, mindfulness techniques. I think it's a it's a basic as well uh, to uh, to open your mind, to open your heart, to be able to uh, listen to yourself and to your heart and to the others. There you need mindfulness. But uh, with Otto Schamer's uh, you theory and presencing, you've got an instrument of social change, of change even of cultures. Yeah. Uh, and the change uh, is going from the head to the heart uh, and to the will. Uh, and um, yeah, you need instruments like that, uh, which are more change oriented. And Otto Schama's U theory is uh, something like that. Okay. So, uh, what what is your daily transformative practice? How do you make sure that you stay mindful? Mm -hmm. on a daily basis how do you take care of yourself so you can take care of others uh, uh, luckily i'm uh, from my birth i'm an early riser <laughs> that makes me easier <laughs> uh, to get up at uh, between five and six in the morning and do exercises uh, uh, in 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 two ways every morning uh, it, it it depends uh, uh, of course uh, which which exercise i do but i do one and one for the body means uh, uh, something where i can uh, feel and um, uh, um, yeah, feel my body and uh, uh, every part of it. So it uh, can be simply uh, qigong, for example, which I uh, like very much to practice. Uh, it can be uh, uh, body scan as well. But um, uh, this is something where you feel your body, where you feel, uh, 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 yeah, that it's there, not only when it's pain coming, that you feel your body. So I feel it in the morning and then it's something where I uh, where I concentrate my mind. This is uh, the second practice. It could be a simply sitting in silence from, uh, as I know that, of course, from my Zen uh, practice. Uh, it could be uh, something like Vipassana, where I uh, observe my thoughts, if my thoughts are going wild, uh, uh, and observe my emotions. 
Uh, it depends a little bit uh, uh, what is required and what I feel what I should do now. But uh, these both things, doing something for my mind and doing something for my body, uh, and if it's only listening and watching to them, uh, is my daily practice in the morning. And um, yeah, and then uh, it goes on, of course, all the day long. Uh, uh, yeah, at least, uh, yeah, I, I cannot say how much, but uh, uh, as much as possible, have minutes of stopping and uh, just observing what I'm doing now. How do I feel now? No? So that does not mean you have to interrupt at any time your work or uh, your or, or a talk or something like that. But this question goes uh, on uh, behind where you say, okay, ah, yeah, I feel uh, I feel uh, unease, I feel stress, I feel anger now. Ah, yeah, my God, my my thoughts are going wild, and then I can decide to. Uh, to start a uh, uh, one-minute uh, breathing meditation, for example, uh, or a two-minute. Uh, and so this is uh, mindfulness uh, uh, for me, applied mindfulness. Even when I'm in talk, uh, constantly watching myself, watching the situation, the others. So uh, as much as possible, having this meta, this third-person perspective uh, on myself and on the other. Now, this is, uh, for me, my daily routine and practice. How long did it take you to to get to the point where you become aware of of what you feel and how you are in the moment? This is not normal. Yeah, me. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you I have to I... think. You have to think to think. <laughs> it's <laughs> not a... How do you get to the um, uh, automatic thinking? Yeah, yeah. 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 In terms How long of does it take to practice? <laughs> in terms of in terms of anger, I meanwhile I I'm I'm, I'm I, I think myself I'm good, uh, because I recognize. Uh, quickly uh, that there is something arising, something coming, and then I decide how to cope with that. Uh, means not suppressing uh, to to uh, have uh, not a misunderstanding at that uh, 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 at that point. Uh, means simply noticing, oh, there is something coming, and if I feel stress, I uh, uh, I'm getting better and better. So it takes only uh, minutes to see that my breath is uh, uh, going different. Uh, uh, is uh, g getting shorter and shorter, and so I see. Oh, what is what is going on? There's something uh, stressful now. Uh, so, yeah. But sometimes, to be very honest, uh, 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 um, if there is an emotion like a disappointment or so, it takes minutes or sometimes even hours. Uh, uh, when I oh, when I start, yeah, noticing, and then can then getting active and do something about. No, depends on me, to be very honest. No. And the day uh, where I have only small practice in the morning, no, out of which reason, whatever, um, uh, uh, then this day is a bit different. There I'm not as quick, means not as mindful as other days, where I start, where I have a nice, good morning practice. That's why I think it's so essential God, to start the day uh, with that, to reorient yourself uh, in the morning already to mindfulness. Mm -hmm. how, how long do you practice in the morning? How, how much time do you allocate? I usually at least uh, half an hour. Half an hour, okay. Uh, so sometimes. All together? 
costs of an hour, what means altogether? Well, you talked about the physical side and then the mind. Yeah, uh, at least uh, uh, 30 minutes. Uh, if you, if you, of course, uh, count or, or add uh, when I go uh, jogging or running uh, uh, after or doing some other really physical things. Uh, what I talked about before was simply uh, uh, stretching and all these things and uh, uh, Tai Chi and Qigong. Tai Chi, uh, Qigong, for example, uh, takes 25 minutes. Uh, at least this basic exercises I'm doing. Uh, uh, so, uh, and sometimes I've got enough time to have another 20 minutes in meditation after. So it's more than 45 minutes. But uh, sometimes uh, uh, it's only five minutes meditation after that. Uh, mm -hmm. okay. Uh, I'm asking because I meditate for two hours every day and I also exercise for at least an hour. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with the importance of both the body and the mind being uh, in harmony uh, with one another. Uh -huh. And you do it in the morning? Uh, or, yeah, uh, I get up usually at um, 3.30, 4 o'clock and meditate for two hours. Oh, see that. Uh -huh. So you, uh, I talked about myself as an early riser, but I have to correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, as I grow older, I'm I'm not that keen, but it's uh, of getting up that early. But it's it's like brushing teeth. The I I have to do it uh, in terms of I want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's part of my. Yeah. I don't know. I've been meditating for almost forty years now, and uh, luckily I find uh, one of the best teachers in the world. It's uh, Harvard professor uh, Dan P. P. Brown. And mm -hmm. um, he's, uh, he's really helped me move light years beyond what I've done before in terms of meditation. There mm -hmm. are unfortunately very, very few teachers who really can take you from, uh, from a, you know, observing your breath mm -hmm. to really having, um, you know, getting deeper into, the, into sure. recognizing consciousness and knowing your mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's, it's a, a certain um, uh, how do you, how should I say it's it's um, it's not uh, not unimportant that you take some time for yourself. So whether it's three quarters of an hour, two hours, of course, might uh, be better. But what you said, I think, is the very essential things. You feel you have to do that. Uh, if you have to force yourself out of bed, uh, uh, so I, now I speak for myself, uh, uh, if you would have to force yourself out of bed, I must meditate now, uh, I must go running now or something like that. This is uh, 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 it must, uh, not only be, uh, um, uh, why I... I'm driven to do so, uh, so, because my head is saying that that would not be enough. Uh, but as you say, I do the same. Uh, I need it in the morning, uh, uh, otherwise uh, the day cannot start, and I feel to do that. Uh, this is the most essential thing. Yeah, I feel compelled because it's it's a yeah. it's a um, spiritual hygiene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where, where can people go to learn more about your work? Yeah. Um, what is uh, your website? Uh, yeah, we've, we've got, meanwhile, we've got a website uh, from the Mindful Finance, which is, which uh, uh, still is in the very beginning, but it's, I think it's, uh, there are useful things to read on and what we, uh, what our next steps are that we will um, uh, establish uh, this website as a platform for 
exchange for discussing and for discussions. And one of the most uh, important things is that uh, in 2019, probably by the end of 2019, we will start a certified university course together with Steinweiss University uh, uh, in mindful finance leadership, where we combine these things, the need for transformation in a personal sense uh, with mindfulness practice uh, and the need for transformation of the financial institution and even the financial system itself and people who are open and who want to have space and time to reflect and uh, discuss uh, on that uh, could uh, could join these uh, uh, university course uh, we are doing uh, with them with a lots of practice of course <laughs> not only something where lectures are held only Right, no. yeah. Well, we'll have to do another podcast then. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Once it's launched. So how do you want to be remembered? What kind of impact do you want to have and leave in the world? Yeah, I think uh, uh, when uh, people are more aware of themselves and uh, um, that I could have helped people to get in, insi more insight, uh, get a better awareness of themselves and based on that, acting uh, better, interacting better with each other's, each other's and having a better, uh, a better impact on the, on the planet. God, this would be my, uh, uh, my, my objective, to improve uh, living conditions and the conditions of the, of the planet. Uh, and if mindfulness and my activity uh, can take people uh, there, mainly by insight uh, um, uh, uh, and increased awareness of themselves, then uh, uh, I would be happy. This would be my objective. Yeah. Wow, wonderful. What a beautiful vision. So thank you very much for your time and wisdom. I really appreciate it. For more information on Dr. Boschat, visit mindful-solutions.de. For more on Dr. Bosazan and the investment turnaround, visit investment-turnaround.com. Thanks for joining us in today's episode. Hear you next time.